Hello, I'm Michael Worth, and this is the All Walks of Art podcast, a lounge-like pub-style drinking show for creatives and artists from all walks of life. Find a comfy chair, pour your favorite beverage, and enjoy the show. The topic of the day is about momentum and how creatives from all walks of life can maintain some sort of, or how we must, I should say, maintain some sort of rhythm for our creative endeavors. Joining me in the studio, the flywheel of the show, the reason I cleaned my studio this morning, a man who some say lost his virginity in the Museum of Modern Art's records room, my friend, Paul Ramey. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing great. I'd like to clear that up, though. I actually lost my virginity in Lexington, Kentucky. In in their Museum of Modern Art. No, it was in a courtyard <laughs> by Marriott. <laughs> so specific. I've already did a, a classic faux pas. I, I started drinking. It's been sitting on my desk for a while. Did. What do we have? And I've been day? waiting, waiting for this. It uh, is Chateau Saint Michel's Cabernet Sauvignon from the Columbia Valley of Washington State. Oh, I don't think I'm dressed well enough to drink this. Oh, this is perfect. This is perfect for today. I'm gonna take a drink of whatever the fuck. This yeah, is. yeah, try it. It's a uh, it's a delicious little Cabernet Sauvignon, thirteen and a half percent alcohol by volume. So it's got a nice. Wow, punch. that's different. Yeah, it's like grapes. That is a punch in the mouth. <laughs> of course, it's like grapes. It is grapes, damn it. It tastes more like olives to me. You taste olives in that? Mm-hmm. Really? This glass is very thin. It is very thin. I was just talking to my son about that, about how when Lisa went to buy them, just about every box she opened up at the store had broken oh, glassware in it. So I wonder if I could break this with my voice. Oh, I'm sure you could. You think? Yeah. You want me to try it? No. no. Oh, <laughs> let's do this. No. It, I've always at least to try finish that. the wine in it before it goes everywhere. <laughs> anyway, I, I want to talk about momentum for creatives, mainly because I did a video on it and just released it. Um, yeah, I blocked it. I yeah, seen it the- <laughs> yesterday. A uh, couple, of weeks, I guess it'd be a couple. Well, it'd be about a, a week for people listening to the show, but um, it got some pretty good comments and I had a couple emails about it and made me think that this might be a good topic for us to discuss in detail over a glass of wine. Indubitably. Yes. <laughs> I feel so, I feel high class. Yeah. So you didn't you blocked it, so you didn't watch it. I didn't watch it. Okay, I don't good. watch videos on Facebook. That's normally. cool. I, I appreciate that. I um, did like it though. I, I, I like that too. Uh so how how important is momentum as a creative, do you think? I mean that's that's really the question here. Well then <laughs> we're off to a good start. Yeah, we got no momentum. <laughs> it's important. Yeah. Momentum's yeah. important for the show. Yeah, we, we got, don't have a lot of. We it. got nothing. I think momentum is anything that's going to help you get rolling down the hill and keep you. You know, we we talk a lot about different things in our life that that is the wind in our sails, and I right. think it's important. And I think that anything that keeps you going. But I also think that as a a creative, we are kind of we're up and down. So I don't think. I mean, art's like people, and the way you create art is like people. There's no two that do it exactly the same. Right. So I think, by and large, momentum is important. I think success breeds success. I think work breeds work. Mm-hmm. Once you're once you're in the mode and you're doing that, it's easier to uh, what is it? Uh, what's the thing? An object in motion stays at motion. The object right. rest stays at rest. I yes. mean, that's a true thing. Yeah. Um, but also, I think you can't get always caught up in it because a lot of us are sporadic if you if you look at our at our graph it's it's up it's down it's seasonal there yeah. is no momentum yeah. there's no momentum a lot to a lot of my work until yeah. i get going and yeah. once i get going and i have a if i have a task i'm going to start a 
and B, we're going to record this album between these weeks, yeah. or I'm going to finish this song these next two weekends. And yeah. And you're very instinctive like that though. You know, you don't plan like a lot of folks. Or, I don't do a lot of planning. No. Yeah. And I don't like, I don't like deadlines and I don't like things like that, yeah. but sometimes those are good because sometimes that helps your, it flips a switch in your brain and helps you. Yeah. Helps you get going down that hill. Sometimes you need that little push though. I don't think momentum is the problem as much as that push to get the momentum started. I think that's exactly. the hardest that, thing. Yeah, getting started is the hardest part. And that, that yeah. was one of the things in the video I was pointing out with um, a lot of painters. We work on multiple pictures, uh, paintings at a time, because when one's already in process, it's easier to start another one than it is to finish one and then start because there's a gap. And I didn't explain that very well in the video. I kind of wish I did. I'm glad I didn't you know, watch it then, but so you explain it to me now. Yeah, for me, that gap between finished and starting a new one can sometimes be paralyzing because I start thinking of the possibilities of how much is it? How much am I going to make on this? How much, how much do I need for this painting? What is it going to be? Will it sell? And then all these analytical things get into my head and I'm robbed of the creative juice that I need to get started. And by having multiple processes or multiple projects in process, I'm able to just jump from one to the other without losing momentum on the process of painting. I can't do that with songwriting. Not really. I don't, sometimes I'll have maybe two working a little bit, but I pretty much got to, I got to get one at least 80 to 90% finished where I can jump on something else or I'm confused of what are these lyrics for this song or is it for that song? And I'm trying to work on this. Well, wow, that riff, that riff sounds better for this song I was just working on. Well, now it's 70% done. It was 90. I can't, yeah. that screws me up a lot of times. Yeah, a lot of folks, they can't finish. They'll, pro, they'll, they'll just put off the finishing part when they do too many projects mm -hmm. at once. And it becomes, you know, well, I guess I'll start something new because starting becomes the fun part for a lot of people. Yeah. And then... The, well, that's getting your endorphins going. That's yeah, exactly. Like, that's something yeah. going. That's, yeah, it's exactly. science, man. That's there's, there's there's really a rhythm to this, I think, for creators, and you got to find your rhythm, and that's that's been kind of my pursuit for the last couple of years with my schedule. I went through phases where I was like, okay, every Monday I'm going to do this, every Tuesday I'm going to do this, and then it got so rigid it wasn't fun. It became a job, and then I resorted to ninety minute blocks. And allowing myself to move those blocks around in my week. And that helped tremendously. Uh, I do know that if I go to bed at a certain time, wake up at a certain time, I'm so much more productive. Me and you both. And I, I can just do so much better with mm -hmm. it. Uh, moving those blocks around gives me the ability to say, okay, I've got a doctor appointment I've got to go to on Tuesday. So I, I might throw these blocks that I'm losing on Tuesday into like Wednesday or Saturday or whenever I can get them to fit. So... I've done that. Well, to elaborate on this a little bit, I was only doing it Monday through Sunday. And that was my work week. And yeah, I don't, as a, as a creative, I don't really see days off. I don't, it, for me, it's just, eh, do I really need a day off? No, not really. In, in a perfect world for me, I just work five or six hours a day every day. And if I needed a day off in whatever schedule I'm working on, I'll just work more through the week and give myself a day. And cause I just, that's just how I operate. So to make a long story pretty long, I, <laughs> I decided that it might be better to try to look at a two week 
interval. Cause like these, these shows that we do here actually kind of negated that. I was like, well, okay, I don't, I don't necessarily need to produce a show over a period of two weeks just because we're doing it every two weeks. In fact, we could record a couple shows in one day and be done with it because the recording process is really the, the easy part. You know, right. sitting here and talking, that's just normal and, and reading off the notes. If I don't have something prepared, I'm not ready to go. So again, making this story even longer than it needs to be, I, I schedule my weeks in 14 day blocks. So I know that I need, uh, you know, 16, 90 minute blocks of easel time. I know that I need nine 90 minute blocks for YouTube production. Uh, we need five 90 minute blocks for these shows each episode. And that enables me to hit my deadlines, hit my work, hit the things I need to do and still feel productive, but also give myself flexibility to say, God damn, I got to have Tuesday off again. This is killing me. Right. You know, I can move those days and not completely ruin my life. Now, some people listening might say, geez, well, that's not very much. I mean, that's, what is that? 20, 30 hours a week. Yeah, that's, that's right. Is it only 20 or 30 hours a week? But I also work a 40 hour job every week mm-hmm. and 20, 30 hours is a, is a second part-time job. I exactly. Mean. And you know, if I was doing this full-time, I probably would go to 50 hours. Maybe, you know, I would prefer to do it less than 50 hours in a week, but you know, I probably do 50 hours in a week over a period of seven days and occasionally schedule in some just me time, you know, and be done with it. But it's a flywheel. That's kind of where I'm getting with this. I know that on this particular Monday, I'm pushing that flywheel into an, into it, like right down the hill, starting to push it. I'm saying, Mm -hmm. okay, so this is what's on the schedule. This is where I'm supposed to be at. This is what I'm supposed to be doing when I come in the studio. Otherwise the studio can turn into a hangout. I watch YouTube videos. I, I procrastinate on things, you know, I, I don't pick up a brush. Uh, I smoke, I drink, you know, I find whatever else I can get into that will kill me in the long run. But it, you, you see where I'm going with yeah, this? The, the flywheel gets to moving, and then, then I know that there's a cycle to it. Like, oh, I can kind of breathe a little bit and get away from YouTube for a minute. Well, you get really stressed out if you don't feel like you've, you've if, if you go a certain amount of time and you don't feel like you've created uh, oh, yeah. something that you feel that you, uh, uh, what is the word, a uh, body, if you, don't, if you don't feel like you've created a volume, in X amount of days and you feel like that you've wasted that time and that you, now you need to make up for that. Yeah. Depression. The amount. For me, depression sets in big yeah. time. If I don't keep up, uh, I'm, my momentum is as an artist is directly related to how old I am, how much time I feel like I have left in my world and where I need to be for my level of success and all this relates. I mean, it just all kind of goes together. It goes over. I mean, we've, we've talked a lot about these different aspects of being a creative over the last couple of episodes. And I think momentum is the key in all of it. Mm-hmm. No matter what you do in life, if you don't have momentum, you come to a stop, you stop creating. And when you stop creating, there's no success there. You're, you're just not going to find success in what it is you're doing. Now, that may mean that the, you're doing the wrong thing. If you come to that point, it, it's most likely you're, you're not creating the stuff that moves you, you know, mm-hmm. so to speak. Do we need momentum? I mean, really? Are we, are we answering a question? I mean. I think a lot of people do. I mean, 
a lot of people, that's how they work and that's how it goes. And sometimes the momentum is very slow. I mean, a, a, a pendulum has momentum, but it's not real fast always, you yeah. know, but it, yeah. it comes back and it goes forward. Um, it doesn't have to be a hundred miles an hour all the time, but yeah. And don't necessarily have to be a real steady either. It just depends on the, it depends on what you're doing and what your goal is. And if you're, if your momentum's slow, but you're you're satisfied and you're doing what you're trying to do, mm-hmm. then you're good. If you're not quite hitting it, then you need to do things to give you some more momentum. Or yeah, yeah. I think that's the you know, like we said, beginning starting and stopping is a big um, aspect of it, and it's easier it's easier to keep working once you're working, and it's easier to put it off once you've once you stop. Yeah, so. yeah. Some of the tips I put in the video are actually, I think paramount for me anyway having a place to work we talked about having a studio and how it's easier to to do your thing when you're you know you, you have a place to do it um yeah and if you have things ready yeah we've we've, we've talked about that before yeah. if, if you have to spend 10 minutes to get your tools out to find a guitar to find uh, something to record with to find a brush to clean your yep. easel off because you left it yeah dirty the time before you're yep. By the time you get all that done, it's it's it doesn't take a whole lot, at least for me and and what I've seen from a lot of other people, it don't take a lot to to knock you off your path. It's a very right. It's yeah. a, the the muse is yeah. very fickle. It is. I mean, it, it can be a, a, something as little as you know, life happens. Mm-hmm. You know, something something in your life changes your routine, your schedule, whatever, and and when these things change on you a little bit, it becomes. Well, crap, I had other plans and now I have to change. And it's for some of us, that's enough to make you angry enough to where you're just out of your head, you know, and for me, for painting, I can't be angry. You know, I know for you with music, sometimes that creates better music. And, and I know it does for me too. When I'm, when I'm in a pissed off mood, it's a great time to play drums. Mm -hmm. It really is. Um, Depression is the only way I can really write anything meaningful. Really? I've gotten better. Over the years where I've written some songs when I was in a good place mentally that I'm kind of proud of, but for the most part in my body of work of 30 plus years, the things that have been, that turned out to be what I consider meaningful or, or my better work, it's always from a terrible, terrible place. Sometimes it's hard to continue mm-hmm. to play those songs. So. Well, I think there's some relatability there too. I think that's why a lot of the songs that are iconic today we we all feel it. Right. You know, there's something in there that, you know, yeah, I can relate to that. Everybody's and, wanted yeah. to be loved. Everybody's lost. Everybody's been scared. Everybody's, you know, been upset. Um, these are feelings everybody has, and a good song taps into that and relates it. Everybody's been happy at one time or another, too, and I'm not saying you can't be positive. There's a lot of groups that, who was I talking? I was talking to a guy the other day, and I was listening to something that was kind of positive, and it's not really something I normally list. There's a few groups, a few bands, a few artists that mm-hmm. are in the positive vein that I like. Um, um, Times of Grace is one of them. That's mm-hmm. like, so, so the lyrics are so uplifting and, and the music's kind of positive, but there's also a, a pain and a darkness there and I can connect to it. Um, but if it's just, it's why I don't really get the Beatles a whole lot. A lot of that stuff's just too happy for me and yeah. too, even yeah. their darker stuff, yeah. the chord changes and the mood, it's just too happy for me. Yeah. I don't connect with that, but you know, some people do. 
Yeah, I feel that. I'm speaking of bands that we're into right now. I there's a German band that I discovered. I was mowing grass. I like to leave my um, iPhone on just kind of playing through libraries and stuff. And it, a lot of times they'll just suggest things and just start playing them. And it's a band called uh, Hematome, which is hematoma in German. Oh yeah, I checked some of those out. You sent me. Uh, yeah, I, I I really dig it. Um, I don't know where I was going with that, but you know, as we were talking about music and stuff, it's just the 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 whole flow of creativity comes out of being inspired by what other people do. Mm-hmm. And that too can help you with your momentum in terms of, you know, you, you see, I, we talked about comparing yourself with others. And I don't want to really get into too much of that here, but there's, there's a positive and negative side of that comparing. And I think sometimes I think for me, it's nice to be able to compare where I am artistically with where somebody else is mm-hmm. because it, it might give me insight and keys to how they got where they are because I want to be there. Right. Right. It's like, oh, I'm looking at this artist going, wow, they, they're, uh, they're selling art in that gallery that I want to be in and they're, you know, selling for a price I want to be at and things are great. What are they doing that's different than what I'm doing? And generally speaking, not much. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I think that's a good benchmark to, to measure things on to kind of see where you're at. I think that's healthy. I think when you start looking at somebody's output, I think that's a little bit, that's Risky. a little more, more yeah. di- difficult because some people are just naturally better at just cranking things out than yeah. other people. And, yeah. and sometimes people can do beautiful things and it doesn't take as much out of them. For me, sometimes if, if I write a, if I write a real song, I mean, it takes a lot. It's, it's an emotional thing. And then mm-hmm. now I got to freaking play this thing for the next, uh, <laughs> right. you know, X amount of years. And I mean, it's good that some old bands broke up because it's hard to, you know, if you're talking about, you know, things that really hurt you and, yeah, and, yeah. and I don't, I don't judge myself against somebody else because they were able to write, you know, 10 songs about dragons that were awesome. Mm-hmm. And I wrote three songs about being cheated on and, and, right and being inadequate and it's just a totally different thing. So I don't yeah. think you can, you can, I don't think you can measure that. I think like you said, you measure the steps that they did to, to, to be successful and to do this and that, but not necessarily their output yeah. and their body yeah. of work. Yeah. Their momentum. That's just my opinion. But Their, their flywheel, their hill, their momentum is all different than yours. Right. That's the biggest thing we got to worry about. Maybe their flywheel is small. And it was easy to get started. Your mm-hmm. flywheel is huge because you got a lot of things to worry about in your life that need your attention. Mm-hmm. I mean, legitimately. And that's a big deal. Uh, I think it was Picasso. I could be wrong on this. Let me know if I'm wrong. Fact but, checker. Yeah. Oh, they're, they're it's, uh, you know, I done lost my thought. <laughs> Picasso. There it goes. Yeah, I Picasso know. said. Uh, yeah, he said a lot of things, and it's, it's on tip of my tongue. Anyway, speaking of quotes, I will go there because that is the part of the last call. We have reached the segment of the show where I ask a few rapid-fire questions and give everyone listening enough time to finish their drinks or grab one more. But today, there is a twist. I want to examine three quotes I found rapid fire. and relate it to creative momentum. The first one is by Steven Spielberg. You ready for this one? He's a director. Directed he's a, E.T. He's a director. He's a great director. 
He says, I never felt comfortable with myself because I was never part of the majority. I always felt awkward and shy and on the outside of the momentum of my friends' lives. I find that very powerful. Yeah, I relate to that 100%. I do too. When I specifically look at friends, not people I know on Facebook or people I know on Instagram or through the internet. I'm I'm talking about people I see face-to-face, people I see every day. I do think about, God darn, how do they get so much done with their life? How are they managing this? I'm lucky to get out of bed on time, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and actually do things that matter before my real job starts, I should say. And it, it becomes a, a real problem. It, it does for me. It's like, I, I don't feel comfortable either. It's like, I look at myself and go, geez, I, I'll be 49 years old in July. What the fuck am I doing with my life? But you got you friends know? and people, I'm sure that look and wonder how you get so much done and you're posting these videos and there, I mean, I think that sometimes like, well, he's posting another video of him, you know, upset about green paint or, or but or <laughs> why or the whatever. fuck is he using lead white? Yeah. yeah <laughs> right. And I'm like, you know, what, how's he getting all this done? That's a good question. Cause I don't really know half the time how I get it done. And a lot of people that you're talking about, they don't know how they're getting it done either. Yeah. I am going to do a video on, on my schedule, how I do it and how often I fail. Because I, I fail daily on my schedule. I really do. I plan something. It all sounds great when I'm planning it. But then, you know, life happens. So it's uh, interesting. I didn't realize Steven Spielberg said that. I hope he really did. I didn't just get that off the internet. It's fake. Well, if it's on the internet, I saw where... It has to be real. Where uh, Abraham Lincoln said that you can't believe everything's on the internet. <laughs> right. But going back to Picasso, because I do have a quote from Picasso. He was a... Pablo? Yeah. Pablo Picasso. Inspiration exists, but it has to find you working. Oh, that's good. I like that. That is good. I like that. Yeah. That's the truth, too, because a lot of us wait. Mm -hmm. Our momentum is stalled by, you know, you're sitting there going, oh, it's going to hit me. I'm going to have something. It's going to be right there. I'm waiting on it. Nothing happens. And... Sometimes you got to put. Sometimes you got to put the pen and paper and see what yeah, happens. Exactly. Got to pick up the bass guitar and play it. You got to yeah. grab the microphone and sing into it. Mm-hmm. Just you know, get it going. Put the paint on the palette. For me, that's a lot of it. If I can actually start mixing paint, sometimes something will come out of it. Now, with my style, the way the way that I create my process, uh, um, it's it's a little more methodical in terms of I'm going to do this. So I don't. I never really paint from imagination. Right. In fact, I got to add this. That's one of the reasons why I don't really like to paint landscapes in this area because I'm not really inspired too much by the landscape. I like the rolling hills, don't get me wrong, and I like the fields and, and things like right. that. But it, it well, just you like women, but you don't necessarily like to paint them. So it, it doesn't right. mean you don't like exactly. it. Exactly. It, it's just, it's one of the things where I find myself, I get in the car, I grab my plein air kit, and I take off, right? And I drive and drive. And drive and you know the cost of fuel it's stupid and then i drive some more and i drive some more and then i get you know oh there's nothing to paint you know and i come home and i get in a bad mood and i realize i could have just set up a still life and painted it at home and not gone anywhere mm-hmm. and had plenty of fun you know so that's one of the reasons why i paint the way i do um you know i get to, there's something in this cabernet seven sauvignon not much left in the bottle, I will say. I got something <laughs> I need to get your opinion on. Yeah. So uh, a friend of mine um, that we work with, and I'm sure you know her, but um, 
she's been painting, been posting some stuff. She's doing some really, I mean, I'm impressed, you know. And of course, she don't like 90% of the stuff she does mm-hmm. like anybody else. Um, She's all excited. She got some good canvas and she got some some new paint. It's just really excited here a couple of weeks ago. And then I'm we're talking and it's like, well, I don't know what to do. I got all this. I just can't even get started. Now she got all this stuff yeah. and can't get started. And my only advice to her was the same advice I give myself when I get like that. And there's so much I say, just pick three colors yeah. and just start. And she just had two. She had too much, too much options. Too many options. Yep. Too much stuff to and could not get couldn't get out of her own head to get started. I mean, what do you think about that? Is was that good advice? Or? It, it was good advice. I in fact, that's what I'll do. Sometimes I'll pick up a I'll pick up a four string and and yeah. and you know I'm used to playing five or twelve or whatever, and I'll just play a basic beat. I'm making yeah. things too complicated, and I'll just see if see if you know get my fingers yeah. going, try to get some momentum, and but creating when, creating limitations in our lives is the best way to foster creativity because you got to find an answer. Yeah. How are you going to, uh, how are you going to overcome the fact that I just, I got yellow, red and blue and now I have to make a whole painting on that. Yeah. You can make green with that. Yellow and blue make green. (laughs) Yes, you can. (laughs) There's so much in that to unwrap. I mean, there really is. Uh, I was watching a video yesterday, in fact, um, with Roger Deakins and he was, he was going on about gear about how it really just irritates him that people are so hung up on lighting and cameras. And Did you take ca- that personally? Because that's you? No, I, I actually, I felt, felt like I was there. You know, it's like, yeah, you know, because as much as you think I'm like so gear-centric. You've gotten better, but, but you've, I mean, I've worked with you when you've been just super anal about. Well, it's the, let me, let me classify this. I don't need a lot of microphones. I don't need a lot of cameras. I need the one that I really like. Right. You know, and that's, for me, that's a lot of it. But what can you do with the one that you don't like? How can you work through those limitations? I think that's good too. How do you get around poor lighting? I think that, I think that makes happy accidents happen a lot of times. It's like, how am I going to play this bass? has got a, this has got a flat fret on the. Well, thinking in terms of your friend here though, you know, now that she has everything that she thought she needed, she's forgetting that she wanted to be a painter. Mm-hmm. And she was focused too much on the things that painters use versus her creating paint paintings with the things she has. And that was what I got out of Roger Deakins when he was saying, I don't need this lens when this lens does what I want it to do. I don't need this camera when... 800 ISO was plenty good enough 10 years ago. Mm. I don't need this. You know, he just kept going, you know, with the, the things. I'm not, I'm not saying exactly what he was saying, but that's what I was getting out of it. Right. And there's a lot of truth to that. You know, yes, I want the next big camera. I would love to have a cinema camera to do my YouTube videos, but it's not necessary. I get a lot of people saying, oh, it's time to upgrade to a full-frame camera. Well, I've had full-frame cameras for years that I use for photography. And I discovered my GH5 with a micro four thirds lens uh, sensor is fantastic. And yet people are getting a million views on TikTok with an iPhone camera. It's exactly. Not that big a deal. Yeah, so yeah. The, it's the, about content. It, At the end it, of the day, yes, it's 100% it's about always the content. about content. Yeah. Nobody cares that I use lead white or titanium white. 
Yeah. They just don't care. They, they, they care how it looks and how it makes them feel. You're right. They don't care if I mix green. I mean, it's just, that's just the way it works. They're not going to see, and when you're watching that film, right, and you're seeing that little square of that 16 by 9 ratio or that, uh, that cinema weight, uh, ratio was a 2.85 to 1 or whatever whatever it is. Uh, I'm probably wrong. 2.35 to 1. I can't remember. Too many fucking numbers. Too much information. Anyway, when you're watching that little box on, on, on your television and you're or at the movie theater or whatever, you don't see the grip gear. You don't see no. the lighting. You don't see the guy in the background with the slate waiting for his next opportunity to do the little clapper. And, you know, <laughs> you're just, right. you're waiting. Um, you don't, you don't notice it unless something goes wrong and yeah. something's bad or there's a lens flare or yeah. there's a, uh, I, I don't particularly like when blood hits the camera. Yeah. That, that really cheesy. bothers me. I yeah. don't like that. I don't either. Um, Zack Snyder put that in the, in the most recent Netflix movie he made about yeah. the zombies. And I'm not a big zombie fan. Army of the Dead. Yeah. I like that movie though. I did too. I watched the behind the scenes on it too. And I really, really liked it even more after that but uh i'm not a fan of those kind of movies but there was blood that hit the screen i was like oh come on yeah that's like that's like cliche at that, yeah. at that point it happens in braveheart too i think when they're smashing that dude's head when they yeah. come in a, yeah but that felt like more of an accident like they just, exactly you know, and they they didn't know i felt like they didn't notice that when they shot it and mm-hmm. they were stuck with that and they made it work but yeah but like i said those are things that i notice and it takes me out of the moment a little bit but yeah but I don't know what camera it was. It's like breaking the fourth wall. Oh, but film, you know, it's like, it can be cheesy, funny, like in a, uh, Deadpool movie. Right. But it can be stupid if, if, if you feel like you're, cause you don't, you're, you're voyeuristic at that point when you're mm-hmm. watching a movie, you don't want to be part of it. You just want to watch it. And then when they involve yeah. you in it, it's like, well, what? Wait a minute. I didn't, I didn't invite you to do this. I'm trying right. to watch your movie. <laughs> you know? Right. Exactly. <laughs> so, but nobody, you know, people still listen to the first Black Sabbath record that was recorded on a four-track or an eight-track machine, I believe. Um, they listen to, uh, they watched The Wizard of Oz, and whatever camera they used <laughs> on that certainly, yeah, certainly did good enough. And yeah, exactly, the audio was good, video was what, good. What's color, the problem here? Yeah, but yeah, to answer answer your your concerns there, I, I think I think she got hot, hung up in the the process of being an artist and the things artists use versus why she started i would i would i would tell her to get the basics you know don't buy anything else in fact put a rule that she can't buy anything else until she produces three paintings i do that i do that a lot she might listen she might listen to this she listens sometimes oh cool very good i'm happy she's painting it's a wonderful outlook outlet i should say outlook or outlook yeah all right number three number if people knew how hard I worked to get my mastery, it wouldn't seem so wonderful at all. Michelangelo. Yeah. I would love to go back in time and just spend minutes with Leonardo and minutes with Michelangelo, Donatello. What about I'm the not other, talking the, about the turtles. The turtles. <laughs> Raphael. Raphael. Uh, Albrecht Durer would be, would be fun. To he won the turtle. No, what did Raphael paint? Did uh, he paint anything? Yeah, he, he, he was a painter too, yes. Um, I'll have to pull some up for you to see. Uh, There's a lot of, there was a lot of uh, 20-year overnight successes. Yeah, that, That's the thing. No one yeah. sees, no one just, 
Everybody sees the end result, but they don't see the, they the, see the crumpled pieces yes. of paper on the floor and yeah. the, the broken strings and the, the holes in the wall. And Yeah, the, they saw the flywheel with the artist on it when it was effortless. Mm-hmm. Things were just rolling perfectly. They didn't see when that artist was at the top of the hill trying to push that flywheel off the edge of the hill and get started. I I would love to go back and see what, you know, I know Albrecht Durer has some published works that are from when he was like 12 years old, which are just insanely good, mm. you know, the drawing and stuff. He would he would spend a lot of time drawing, you know, a, a rabbit outside or a leaf or just things he saw in nature and he would just draw it, right? Um silver point and 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 ink things like that. So they had ink back then. Mhm. Um so those are those are good examples of of how some of these artists got started, you know. And again, you don't want to compare yourself. That's that's the kiss of death. But it's amazing to see where somebody came from and where they ended up. And I like that. In a lot of cases, I like that about YouTube. You can go back to old videos pretty easy with a filter on their channel and see the oldest video or mm-hmm. the videos that have the most views and things. And and you go, wow, they 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 suck just like I do, you know? Right. <laughs> And and so I'm glad that some of them leave. I've taken some of mine down for various reasons, but um, some of my older videos, some of my worst videos are still up. And in fact, one of them gets a ton of views, and I don't know why. I really don't. It's high on YouTube search, and you know, just it just goes to show you it, it resonates with people. It's all that matters, and that's all that matters. And of course, you think it sucks. I think my voice sucks. I think half of the stuff that I produce sucks. A lot everybody. This person I was talking about, she thinks nine out of ten of her things suck. It's like, um, but it's your art, right? And that's the thing we have to understand is we don't suck. We just don't like where we are because we've compared ourselves yeah. to others so much that we think we have to be somewhere else. Well, we've all been there where we've had, had what well, we talked about this with the whole cherry pie thing mm-hmm. uh, in the last one. Uh, we have all produced something and we thought, eh, you know, whatever. And then we produce something else that we've really just put all this effort into and all this work and, and you, you see, you can actually see it. You can hear it. You can hear the, the, the 30 years of, of, uh, of training and yes, work yes. and everything into it. And nobody gives a fuck. They all like this other thing over here that you did. Yeah. And you didn't even really mean for anybody to even see that. It's like, Oh, I really like this. Yeah. It's a, uh, you know, dogs playing poker. I I really like that. And, yeah. you know, you got this other thing. <laughs> but and there's this, mastery in dogs painting poker, too. There is. That's the thing. There is, but it's hard to separate yourself. It's like, all right, I know you like this song, but 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 I really like this song, and I really did this, and I like that. And it's like, yeah, we want to hear this. It's, it, it was pointed out to me, speaking of that, it was pointed out to me this week that uh, there's a Family Guy episode with Brian who writes a book, and nobody cared about it. Like it was, it was, it was like his literature debut, you know, it was like, it's the best thing he could possibly the fact write. The that the dog is writing books, no one, you know, <laughs> I love the it, irony. Yeah. Yeah, right. And nobody liked it. And he gets all pissed off because he's reading the paper or something like that. I can't remember. And he sees where something is a bestseller and he's like, are you fucking kidding me? And, you know, and he goes out and writes this stupid novel. Now he's famous because he wrote something silly. And, and that's just it though. As artists, we don't know exactly how the public is going to react to our work. Mm-hmm. And in some cases, the public selects artists and calls them masters. That doesn't mean somebody who's not considered by the public a master, not a master. Right. It just means that the public hasn't recognized them as a master yet. I think there's a lot of painters in general 
around the world that who are still alive today that are probably going to die with both ears and be unknown to everybody that they were ever oh, no. a painter. You know, and I'm not picking on Van Gogh or anything, but, you know, he didn't sell anything when he was alive either. You know, people can argue that all day long, but his brother gave him a stipend to sell his paintings and his paintings never sold in Teo's gallery ever. So was he a successful artist in his lifetime? No, he wasn't at all. It takes one person to put value on it. It takes one program director yeah. to place value on a song and it's like, oh, well, they liked it. Then nothing draws a crowd like a crowd. And yes. you get two or three people that like something. The fourth person's wondering, well, why ain't I getting this? You know, maybe I like this too. And sometimes it's, it rolls down the hill, but it oftentimes it seems like the general public, they like the simplest. Yeah. The simp they want the simplest thing. They want where are simple humans are simple yeah, people. Yeah. They don't want to hear Rush or, or Dream Theater. They want to hear Nirvana and they want to hear three chords and the truth. You yeah. Know? I mean, that's. I mean, would they have thought a hundred years ago that graffiti was going to be worth millions no, look at that and i think that's beautiful i love street art god i love street art i think right. it's amazing me and, too and but but what makes a banksy worth several million dollars right. you know it's somebody put somebody else said it was worth that. right it's essentially a black and white print you know, a very flat it's like a photocopy almost mm -hmm. in in stylized uh look you know uh, what i'm trying to say I'm not really getting it out of my mouth quite right but you get the idea like what makes that worth money mm -hmm. well somebody liked it somebody was willing to pay that price for it that doesn't make it any better than what you know somebody we don't know is producing in iowa right now mm -hmm. there might be a kid in in wichita literally Kansas. in his in his basement yeah thinking to himself i can paint the best zombie anybody's ever seen but nobody's going to care You know, I don't know. Perhaps if Wichita gets with Columbus and, <laughs> and they go to a theme park right. and make a movie about it. <laughs> I don't know. Bill Murray. <laughs> if anybody's listening, catching anything I'm saying, I, it's just in my head right now. I don't know why. Now, that's a good zombie movie. Zombie oh, Land. Oh, yeah. I ain't seen the second one, though. I have. It's, I like them both. I don't, I don't think the second one's as good. I mean, you know, they never are. It's never as good as the first time. <laughs> All right. Final thoughts. Paul, do you have any final thoughts on this? On, on momentum? As, as uh, Loki does. Yeah, he I does. I don't know. I don't know if anybody can hear that or not. He says but. you cannot chase a deer unless you take the first step. <laughs> as, as he gives that. He, what it is, he probably wants something off the grill and nobody's giving it to him. <laughs> no, momentum, man. It's, you just got to get started a little. D don't underestimate small increments. It's still, yeah. It's you're moving, yeah, and keep it moving. That's that's my yeah. big thing. It's easier to keep something moving than it is to start something up. Absolutely. Again. When you find success, remember what you did to get there. You know, don't stop doing it. When when the momentum starts, don't stop it. Allow it to continue. Build on that. You know, build on the things you're good at and stick with it because that's clearly what is working. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think that's what separates a lot of artists from, from being 
just regular folk to being the superstars that we see in a daily daily life. I mean, I, I don't know that Michelangelo, Leonardo, and all them ever really, I don't know that they saw themselves as what they became today. You know, I really don't. I, I don't think Leonardo da Vinci painted the Mona Lisa and said, someday this is going to be the most important piece of art to hang in the Louvre ever. No, but he's probably a bad example because he was an inventor and he's a sculptor just a and all yeah, kinds of yeah. You know, he's a, yeah. He probably didn't pay no mind to anything. He was Yeah. I, I wanna, He was always on to the next thing, it seemed like. You think he was arrogant? Uh I don't think he thought he was arrogant. I would say that if when you're the smartest guy in, in the room and, and I have to imagine he was probably the smartest guy in any situation that he was in. Yeah. It would be hard not to come off as arrogant, but I don't think, I mean, I don't know enough about him, but just with my just precursory knowledge of him, I would say that uh, he didn't think he was arrogant, but I would say he had to know that he was the smartest guy in the room, and there's no way, there's no way anybody else in the room didn't didn't know that. So even if he wasn't projecting it, they projected that onto him, you would have to, because he clearly... Head and shoulders above anybody else he had any kind of contact yeah. with. It makes so, me makes me wonder that his momentum might have been in life to create momentum and solve problems and basically create magic through art. You think? Probably. I mean, mm-hmm. that's really kind of how I'm seeing. But it. you imagine how this guy is. I mean, where is your? How do you feed your mind with? other people that clearly are not at your level constantly, you know? (laughs) Right. I mean, he had contemporaries that he looked up to. I know he did. And I do believe that the brushstroke itself, the, the, there were things that irritated him like OCD type Mm -hmm. thing. Like I, we've, we've read where everything had to be smooth. So he, he labored over the brushstrokes to get them smooth. And I kind of giggle about that because I do that. In a lot of ways, when I paint, I get really irritated with accuracy. It's like, why can't I, you know, why can't I get this shape exactly right? Mm-hmm. Why does it feel like I'm painting with butter, <laughs> you know? Or why did I just put that down? It looks like I smeared oil all over my canvas. And, oh, I just fucked that up, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, it happens. But then when I'm all done with the piece, I realize it looks right. It looks the way it should look may not be perfect, but in reality, it's never perfect. It's, it you. shouldn't be. No. I mean, it, if you're seeking perfection through motivation and momentum, you're never going to find it. I, I think. I think you really, as an artist, I think momentum is the key. But we, have we you, have you ever been in a situation though where you just feel like that? Just no one else is even close to your level. That's what no. I'm saying for this guy. I just yeah, maybe at that's, some that's point, the genius of it. Maybe I don't. At know. At some point in his in his career and in his life, maybe not as a young man, but maybe as a you know as he got on, he would have had to just be like, man, this just there's just no one here. Look at what I'm. Well, look what I've done. Look what yeah. I'm doing. It's I don't know, but well, I'd he, like to have a 20 minute conversation. Yeah, with this that's guy. what I'm saying. Yeah, right. I think his motivation was his 
his patrons. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, making sure that he was... They had Patreon back then? <laughs> no. It, it, like, I think Medici was his biggest uh, supporter, you know, in terms of money flow and all those. But... I don't know about no Medea. <laughs> funky. Funky Cole Medina. Oh, that's Medina. <laughs> uh, funky Cole Medici. You went the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow there's something in this with hentai in, in, is that, no <laughs> <laughs> there's something in this uh, I keep wanting to call it whiskey Why? it's not whiskey it's wine there's I something know. in it it's called alcohol and it, it has affected you it has affected <laughs> me oh wow I keep I, you know we're in we're in the final thoughts and all that but final it's it's just thoughts. fun thinking about the momentum of others how how did they? And I never really thought about this when we first started the episode, and and recording this, thinking, "Oh, we're going to answer a question for people, and we're going to have value," <laughs> you know. <laughs> and now I'm sitting here thinking to myself, "There's so much more to this momentum than I'm even giving it thought," because every artist in history has had to have some sort of momentum to get where they are. What drove them? What possessed them? What inspired them? You know, I look at Ozzy. Ozzy's a really good example. We all know he should have died over and over and over again for the things he's done to his body. He was in the biggest metal band of all time and ended up having to do his own thing. Uh, Wildly successful and twice. Wildly successful. Reinvented himself. Yeah, did things at a time when uh, he was getting a lot of backlash from the church for doing certain things Mm -hmm. on stage and in personal life um banned from texas because of the the whole uh, Alamo. yeah the alamo thing Dumbass. Uh, i think he's allowed back <laughs> yeah. i don't know why he would do that other than i think he was high most likely he was high high. And drunk. Hell yeah. yeah but it's it's kind of like what's what's his momentum what kept him going and i don't want to just say sharon uh, sharon but there was something in there that says i've got to do this and i think everybody can agree he's not the greatest singer in the world Right, he, he, you know, he has a style for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, he's where, got a unique voice. It? Yeah, he's got a unique voice. He's 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 got something in him that he wants to create. And I guess that would be my question: If I'd ever meet Ozzy face to face, I would I would say, "What's what's your momentum? What? How do you do this? Why do you wake up in the morning and do it?" Sharon. But you know, it's it, it's it's a question I want to ask a lot because I think this I do believe momentum is the key to success as an artist. I really do. I think it's the one solid piece of advice that anybody can give to anyone, your friend included, the painter. Her momentum at painting, just creating art, two hours a day. Just just dedicate two hours a day to the easel and make art. It's not going to be easy at first. It's not going to be fun all the time. But once you're in that routine and the momentum starts, mm-hmm. I think it'll be hard to stick to two hours. I think it'll be three and it'll become four. Then it'll be everything else is in the way, you know, and you'll be producing so much. That's, that's where we want to be as creatives. We want to just make our shit, you know, <laughs> and do it. And hopefully the world will repay in kind so that we can continue to do what we do. I guess that's probably the best final thought that I can give. 
Manders a lot in this. I really, I didn't realize momentum would be such a fun topic. To so discuss. is that the? Here, I got a rapid fire question for you, real quick. Yeah, though. yeah. Is that the question that you would ask? Uh, uh, if you had one question, you could just write a note and you get it back from the afterlife, and you could ask one question to uh, Rembrandt or uh, Picasso or Van Gogh or Da Vinci. Yeah. Yeah. You know, who would you ask, and and what would be the question? You get one question. Mm. My question would be how did how did how do you maintain momentum? They're dead, right? They have no momentum now, <laughs> right? How did they? <laughs> how did but you, you do this said, when you were alive? You said if I can ask any question, yeah, no, I know. <laughs> uh, momentum. That's how, it. How, how did how did they maintain their? Yeah. Momentum? How did you maintain your momentum? Which one would you ask? Uh, I would say Rembrandt. Really? Yeah. Because Picasso is an easy one. I, I think he was just compulsive. I think he had to create. He was, he was an avid creator. So his momentum just meant I got one done. I got to do another one. So I was, uh, to me, that seems easy. Mm -hmm. Rembrandt, you know, he filed for bankruptcy. They had that back then. Yeah. And it was brutal then. They, they'd come in and just take your shit. He, had a family. His wife was sick. Um, I do believe all of his children died young. I think Titus was probably the oldest. I, I want to say he was in his twenties when he passed away. So I mean, he, what's he, this guy's full name? Um, jeez, I'd have to see it written out. I'm going to say it wrong. And anybody listening from Europe who hears me say this, I apologize for butchering it. It's I, I believe it's Harmon, Harmon, Harmon Zoon Van. Halen? Oh, Rim, Rembrandt. Hmm. Harman Zoom. I've never heard that guy's remember. first name. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, it, it's long. Mark Harmon. It's really, which makes complete sense to me why he just goes by his last right. name. Mark Harmon Rembrandt. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I'd have to look it up. It's, uh, no, that's we, interesting We don't have that kind me. of time. But yeah, I would ask him and I would ask him that question. And, and, and mainly because I, I really believe he struggled. I, I think he really had to work for what he got. Um, there was even an occasion where someone asked him, you know, why don't you go to Florence like everybody else and learn how to paint? He goes, cause my paints are in the Netherlands. <laughs> you know, it's like, why would I go there? You know? Right. I, th I think he was a crusty old fart, you know, and I just, I'd love to talk to him. I think his eyes got bad with age. I mean, they, they do, but you can see it in his paintings. You know, there was a time when he was in his twenties and thirties where the work was crisp, clear and, and very deliberate. Still very much Rembrandt, but then as he got older, they got so loose and so out of focus that it's like you could see the progression of his eyesight. Really? Yeah. That's interesting uh, to, me. to me. I mean, I see it that way. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it was just his ability to paint more painterly, but it was always Rembrandt style, very thick and pasto, you know, just deliberate light and dark, hmm. you know, uh, I think he's just a, a powerful painter. And I don't know. I mean, I, I could probably go into great detail, just have an entire episode on Rembrandt. But the, the struggle with this is he's famous, right? So you're almost inclined to say, well, I like Rembrandt because he's famous, you know, or you know who but he is. But you're saying that if you didn't name. know who he was, you'd still like his paintings? Yes. Yeah, because there's something about his work that just really moves me. Really? As an artist, yeah. I didn't know that. We've yeah. done 60 or 70 of these shows, and it's the first time this has ever come up. Yeah. It's, uh, 
I know you don't like Jackson Pollock that much. <laughs> well, that's because I don't. <clears throat> let's let's embrace that for a second. As an artist, I respect what he's done. Oh yeah, I, I I'm admiring even what he's been able to achieve with so little. Is that what you want to say? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I just I I see what he does compared to Rembrandt, and I feel like Rembrandt took a lot of technical skill along with emotion and the ability to put that emotion on a canvas. Mm-hmm. Whereas Pollock to me just feels like a technique and that's all it was. Mm-hmm. Right? They don't move you. No. Somebody else seemed to yeah, like it. Yeah. And that's that's well, the I, thing. So. Well, this is the worry though. I feel like Pollock became famous and collectible because rich people were famous and collecting it. Uh-huh. Well, yeah. And it became... Nothing a draws a crowd like a crowd, though, and that's what I'm right. saying. Right. It became a status symbol. It's like, oh, I, it's like diamonds. It's a fucking rock. I mean, let's really think about this for a second. There's nothing impressive about a diamond. A diamond. Right. But, and they're not even that rare. No. But we have to have them to show others that we have a diamond. I seen a whole thing on that about how De Beers buys up all these little, anytime there's a little mine, that way, that way they control the, the price of it. It's mm-hmm. a whole thing, but. Yeah. I don't buy diamonds anymore. Lisa likes them. I mean, I got one in my ear, but not right now. But yeah, I digress. Yeah, man, this things prob- are worth what people think that they're worth. Yeah, that's the thing. It's yeah. it's beauty's in the eye of the beholder, and yeah. if somebody thinks an an old Volkswagen Beetle was worth fifty thousand yeah. dollars, then yeah. it's worth fifty thousand dollars. That's yeah. This really has the potential to go down like a Joe Rogan style episode because. I could go on for hours hoping someday there'll be a podcast like 200 years in the future. And somebody goes, if I could go back and ask Mike Worth one thing, I would ask him, how did he, how did he maintain the momentum? Well, he didn't. So if you're listening and you're recording <laughs> and, and this recording lasts for hundreds of years, uh, momentum was hard for me to maintain because I had so many distractions in life and, <laughs> um, the world isn't kind to me. It's like karma has my name, but she got me confused with another mic. You know, she just thinks I'm that Mike. So she wants to fuck with me every day. And my muse, oh my God, she's a drunk. You know, so <laughs> she would rather, you know, hey, Mike, I got an idea at three in the morning when she's completely toasted. And here I am having a podcast with my best friend. I think, I think that's all we got. All right, Mike. Thank all you. All right. Share this episode. Subscribe if you are not already. And I'd love for you to leave us a review. I'm like a little robot. Have they been leaving any reviews? Nobody's leaving reviews. Nobody well, cares. Well, that's good. You really got you really got to piss somebody off with uh, content for somebody I, to exactly. I mean, I like exactly. a lot of things. And I don't get on there and say how great it is. How somebody hard? really pisses me off. Yeah. How way. hard is it to leave a review? I mean, you can get on there and go. You know, I like that episode, or yeah. I fucking hate it. I don't it's care. Time You're day. not going to hurt my feelings if you. Yeah, tell but me if it's you took terrible. the time to listen to it, I'd rather take time to listen to it than leave a review. If they Speaking listen to it which, again, that's the best review there is. That is. Do we have regular listeners? We do. So there you go. We That's do. The there's, a, there's a guy in Milan I really, really appreciate. I really do. Milan. If you're listening, Sounds I think like you're the beautiful. I, I think you're go. the only one in Italy, in Italy listening, and I do appreciate you. I have an idea who you are. Thank you for listening. Yeah. We also, yeah. There's also a guy in India. I have no idea who oh, he is. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. He listens. Another beautiful country. Yeah. I say a guy because it's usually one. Every, every time we put out an episode, there's just like one little hit in India. I love that. You know? We'll leave us a review. Yeah, I'd like to hear it. I'd like to see it. You know, there's some people in Europe. 
That's why I say when I say things wrong for European Who wants listeners, to host us in one of these other countries? That's why I want to. We want to come to your your place and we want to do My the friend, he's he might listen to this episode. My friend Foggy. He's, he's turned off. Right. Is wanting to have a drink with us and have a show. And you know what? Lisa goes on so many cruises. I'm at the point now where I'm ready to pay for you and me to go to Germany and have a show and hop over to France so that we can have I got a my drink passport. with Foggy. Yeah, and I got my vaccination finally, so I'm good to go. Oh, well, there you go. So, yeah. Vaccine ready to, yeah. to be, well, I forget what the thing is, I forget. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, vax. I'm thankful for all of you listening. Yes. Uh, and that you shared your time with us and had a drink with us, maybe. I'm, I sincerely hope this episode got you thinking about your own creative journey and your own momentum in that regard. So, until next time, may your drinks be tasty and your muse thirsty. Good to see you, Paul. Thanks for having. For thanks, thanks for having. Thanks for. Thanks for having. What, are, what am I saying? I don't know. It's the, uh, zippity do da do you too, sir. I'm gonna try to break this. Yeah, no, 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 no. You don't think no, I can no, do it? No. <laughs> That's a good one. I would like to try it. Can I have one of these glasses to take home? Yeah, take out one. Oh, it's all we recorded that. No, you cannot take that class. My wife might listen to the yeah. show. <laughs>